Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Allegra Chapman is the co-founder of Watch This Space, a company which helps businesses to become more inclusive. She also has lots of ideas on how to make networking events more inclusive too. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today, Allegra. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Now, you're the co-creator of Watch This Space, which is something that we're going to talk about in a minute. But what's your background? What have you done in the past and what's led you to where you are now? So I've had what I think is generally now termed a fairly squiggly career. I love that word. I think it's so brilliant and it, it really sums me up. I've done, I've, I've had quite a complicated background, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so I started off in the charity sector, mm-hmm. um, very much focused on communications and engagement. And then I had um, a bit of time in the publishing sector and Uh, technology around publishing Mm. and then I moved into more of a sort of focused communications role um and yeah I've sort of I've done different things in different places but my the kind of heart of what I've been doing has always been around communications um a lot of work around engagement and then most recently before I set out on my own I was leading a team um an agency sort of advising on business strategy around engagement and and marketing communications and things like that so yeah a bit of a um you know a few detours along the path but um I think yeah the heart of what I've done has always been kind of communicating with with people yeah I like the term squiggly I think I'm going to use that from now on for my own (laughs) career actually (laughs) (laughs) yeah I had so many kind of hang-ups I think about that about the fact that I'd done lots of different things and did that look good but actually you know the older I've got the more I've recognized how many different valuable experiences Mm. that's given me and how many different types of business I've learned about and how many different types of work I've learned about and I can bring a much more sort of holistic insight now to the businesses that I work with because I've seen so many different sides of of things so actually I think it's been really valuable. Yeah I I think every different thing that you do you, you learn something new don't you yeah absolutely now I know that you're also a a mindset coach as well so tell me something about that yeah so I um left sort of traditional employment when I had my first child Mm. and went through a bit of a a a crisis of identity with that because I'd never planned to be self-employed that wasn't ever Mm. you know a thing that I thought I would want to do me neither (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was quite happy letting someone else take the risks and, um, you know, do all the kind of building the business and I would just do the work and, mm-hmm. um, you know, collect the paycheck and thank you very much. Um, and, you know, it's it's not an uncommon story as happens to, to so many women, mm. uh, you know, I had a baby and everything changed. Yes. And it was a real identity crisis for me because I, I defined myself so much by my career yeah. and I was a workaholic and I was very focused on my work and that's where I got a lot of my sense of self-esteem and value and identity from and then that was suddenly gone and I was trying to figure out you know what I wanted to do Um, I didn't really want to carry on doing the same sort of things I've been doing the, the natural sort of uh, progression was to go freelance doing the sort of business strategy consulting that I'd been doing 
at an agency but um it wasn't really my heart wasn't in it anymore and I thought felt I don't really I'm not loving this anymore mm. um and then I needed obviously to be able to work around having a three-month-old baby yes. <laughs> um, which is a challenge yep <laughs> so yeah I had this sort of whole kind of crisis of identity and what do I want to do with my life and what's my purpose and all of this kind of thing who am I now that I'm a mum as well as being you know a well whatever kind of business mm-hmm. person I am and all of these other things and so I had coaching myself and it was just it was revolutionary and I'd never really known anything about it but I just it it completely changed my life changed my perspective on everything and I just thought, oh, my God, this is amazing. I love, I love this. And so I went off and, and trained then as a coach myself and did did my coaching certification because I thought I ought to be able to do this with people. And yeah. um, so I, yeah, I've, I've done some of that. Watch This Space has sort of taken over my life now. So I don't do much on the individual coaching, um, you know, th- that I did mm-hmm. um, originally. But it's great because I can bring that into what we do with Watch yes. This Space now and, and work with organizational leaders and helping them um you know with the way that they work with their teams but also helping individuals to to be more um empowered in the workplace and understand themselves a bit better Mm. and identify what they want to get out Mm. of their career and their progression um and then bring those two things together which is is a really exciting thing to be able to do with people yeah so watch this space how did it come about and what does it do (laughs) watch this space is an organizational transformation consultancy so we concentrate on helping businesses figure out what's not working Mm -hmm. and fixing it but we fix it using the power of inclusion Mm. because diversity and inclusion and giving people a sense of belonging at work have so much incredible potential and there is so much research out there that shows that inclusion increases innovation it makes decision-making better, it improves communication, collaboration, it improves engagement and motivation, it makes people more productive, and ultimately it improves the results Mm. that people get from their work, and it makes businesses more profitable. So there are very few issues in your business that inclusion can't Mm -hmm. support and can't help with. So we work with organisations to make that really work in a tangible way, because I think a lot of consultancies talk about inclusion and they do little bits here and there of consultancy or training or what have you but unless you know what it is you want to address with it and unless you know what your goals are and unless you've got some measurement framework in place Mm -hmm. there to track your progress you're not really going to know whether you're doing the right thing Mm. in the first place whether that thing is working um and you know whether you're doing the thing that's actually really going to help your business Mm. and help the people within your business So that's what we do is really kind of do that analysis to understand where the gaps are, where the problems are and what is actually going to really help move the dial for your Mm. business and make the difference and then put a tangible action plan in place around that to to make sure that it works. Now I'm going to ask a really simple question which maybe doesn't have a simple answer. So what do we mean by diversity and inclusion? (laughs) Oh gosh, well Liz, we have a whole uh, training session on this because (laughs) because actually, yeah, you're right, it Mm. is a really complex question um so the the kind of the short answer the sort of really simple answer at its root if you think about any population is diverse you know we have incredibly rich diversity within the human population and the human sphere of existence um we're a varied community of people um diversity is not 
one person. I think a lot of people get sort of sidetracked thinking that if you have a person who has certain underrepresented characteristics and mm. that's that's your diversity, you can only have diversity within a group, mm. within a population. Um, and largely we have that already. The problem is that a lot of the people from the more underrepresented groups aren't being included. Yeah. And so that's where we come in to talk about inclusion, which is really at its heart about making space for the, that full range, that full breadth of experience, identity, background, everything, people to be able to contribute and progress and collaborate and be heard and, you know, reach their full potential within that community. Um, now, that is going to mean very different things to different people, to different organisations. Um, you know, even when we're talking about uh, diversity and, and people's backgrounds, that's, you know, there's such huge breadth in that experience. And actually, funnily enough, there's been a lot of um, talk about terminology in the news this week. Mm. There's been, you know, kind of conversations, but there's often conversations being had in the news about what terms should you use and how do you mm-hmm. talk about different people. And there's never a right answer because you're talking about terms that get to the heart of people's very identity who they are their mm. essence and no group of people are going to all agree on what that term should be no. because they you know we are a diverse group of people and you know everyone's very different they come at this from different backgrounds so you know nobody you're never going to get a group of people who all agree on exactly how they want to be referred to and how they should be talked about mm. and um you know what inclusion then means to those people is going to be different because it's going to be different you know, they see different issues or they experience different problems or they need different types of access or different types of support. And then what we tend to work on with organisations is understanding what kind of organisation they want to be at their heart, which comes down to what is your mission, what are your values and what kind of environment do you want to create? Because then what inclusion means to you should tie into to that and the kind of space you want to create. And it is, go- it is going to vary. It is going to be different. There's never going to be one universal definition that works for everyone. Um, but it's about creating that kind of environment that works for your organisation, for your team, for your stakeholders, and really you know, being able to define that and put some parameters around it because mm-hmm. then people coming into your organisation know what to expect and they know whether this is the place for them. Yeah, yeah. Are there some really sort of simple steps that businesses can take to ensure that they're taking diversity and inclusion into account in everything that they're doing? The first thing that I would always recommend to any organisation is to start collecting data Mm. and start really understanding what your current situation looks like. So, you know, what what does diversity look like in your organisation? How representative of your local community, your broader national community are you? Um, What does that diversity look like across the organisation? You know, are all of your underrepresented groups all in junior roles? Do you have a spread across the organisation up to leadership or that sort of thing? Um, you know, what does opportunity and progression look like? What does your recruitment funnel look like? What do your team say about how included they feel and how well they feel different aspects of the organisation are working for them? All of these sorts of things. And there's there's a lot to think about and it's, it's quite a broad topic. Um, we provide at Watch the Space an audit to help you kind of get to all of that if that's something that you want Uh, but you absolutely can do it yourself but it's really just about sort of um you know spending some time really analyzing and collecting that data Mm -hmm. and getting to grips with where you sit now because that's really you can't make any progress until you know what things look like at the moment yeah and so what kind of difference have you noticed in the businesses that, that you've worked with 
So different businesses come to us with different challenges and different things that they're struggling with. Um, recruitment is a really big thing mm-hmm. right now. So a lot of businesses are, are really struggling to recruit and also to retain staff. So we've worked with um, quite a few organisations on getting inclusive recruitment processes in place and looking at their staff retention. Um, we help with things like uh, diverse talent programmes, which is helping develop different people people from underrepresented groups throughout the organization so there's more scope for them to progress which is massively helpful for retention and so those clients have seen a big increase in the number of people applying for jobs with them um you know they've seen better retention rates amongst their staff and they're starting to see kind of you know those sorts of differences um you know, one of the really interesting things that I thought one client um, came and, and sort of gave us some feedback recently that they used to get constant questions from their team about what they were doing about diversity and inclusion mm. because the team were really keen to see more happening. And mm-hmm. so every single, every all company meeting, it didn't matter what the meeting was about, it, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be anything to do with diversity and inclusion, but some people would put hands up and ask, what are you doing about mm-hmm. it? Why isn't there more being done? Why isn't something happening? And they then brought us in to do the audit with them. Um, so we you know, looked at all of their processes and, and their policies and everything they're doing at the moment, talked to their team, surveyed everybody, put an action plan together for them, which they're now working on. And they said they don't get any questions anymore. <laughs> Nobody asks, what are we doing? Because yeah. they can see what's happening yeah. and they can see that that progression and that development and, and stuff is happening. And it's not a quick fix you know it's never going to be instant Mm -hmm. you know there's things we can do for example on a recruitment campaign that will mean you'll probably you know you'll get more applications than you would have done without those those practices um we've worked with clients on marketing campaigns to help them reach a wider audience and connect with a, a more diverse and broader audience than they normally do so you can see then an increase in the reach and an increase in the engagement there's small things like that that will be kind of you know relatively quick but the broader um, kind of you know sphere of your your inclusion journey and how that progresses it is going to take time and it won't necessarily be you know instant fix that you do this and then suddenly you know your profits <laughs> increase you know massively those things are you know it, it is a long-term yeah. journey and it yeah. is long-term work and it needs that long-term commitment and those kind of you know incremental changes over time but if you're tracking your progress around inclusion and you're tracking your progress around your broader business goals, you will see a correlation as, as things move forward. So that data, again, and that measurement is, is really key. Yeah, yeah. So let's have a chat about networking now then. How inclusive and diverse do you find that networking events are that you go to? Oh, gosh. So I hate networking. <laughs> I will. I'll be honest with you. It's kind of my, um, it's just my worst thing. I, I really dread it. Um, I'm incredibly lucky that I've got a wonderful business partner. So my my other co-creator, Mo Cangelal, she's an incredible networker and she's brilliant. And mm-hmm. she goes to all the events and, and meets everyone and she's wonderful. And it's really easy for me to kind of hide <laughs> behind her. I'm like, well, you know, Mo will do that. Um, so I have to really push myself out of my comfort zone to, to do it because mm-hmm. I'm neurodivergent myself Mm -hmm. and I'm a massive introvert Mm. and if I could just hide away in my little home office and never speak to humans (laughs) um that I'd be really happy (laughs) so which I realize is not ideal when you're you're running a business um and it's good it's good for me to get out and talk to people and meet people but I do have to pitch myself it is it is tough and I know there's a lot of people 
like me yes, you know there's yes. actually i think it's something like 54 percent of the population are, are introverts mm. um so more people are introverted than are not um and you know 15 to 20 percent of the population are neurodivergent so there's a lot of people I, i'm not i'm not the only one <laughs> who finds it difficult um and I, I think it can be tricky. I think there's definitely a, a feeling for a lot of people that a lot of networking events that you go to, you see the same types of people mm-hmm. and that networking events might not be for certain people, you know. And so, mm-hmm. you know, to be really honest, I think for most people, you know, it's events are very white. Uh, they're often quite male dominated mm-hmm. and they're definitely not designed around the kind of neurodivergent people like me Mm. so it's it can be I think a challenge and I think it's really easy for people who are organizing events to just sort of fall back on oh we're getting the numbers and so we'll we'll just kind of carry on Mm. doing what we're doing um but actually when you bring those diverse groups together and again you know exactly the same as an organization really benefits from having from having a really diverse group of people together because it improves the decision making and it proves the creativity and it proves improves the kind of you know diversity of ideas and experiences and thoughts that you're getting within the organization it's the same in a networking mm. event you know you're going to get a wider you know uh, offering of, of ideas and you know different perspectives yeah. and different connections that you you wouldn't have have got ordinarily so it's really valuable if you can can try and make events as accessible and inclusive as possible yeah. and what um, what would make uh, make it easier for neurodivergent people do you think who are attending networking meetings what would help so a couple of really really simple things that you can do is first of all providing lots of information in advance so telling people exactly where they need to go what that's going to look like um if you can share photos of where things are Mm. and where people will have to go that's really helpful Uh, neurodivergent people like me often spend a lot of time agonizing about oh you know exactly where is it and how am I going to get there and what's it going to look like and how am I going to find my way and Mm. all of that kind of thing getting really anxious about it um so things like that that you can do to just make it you know give people as much information in advance um you know, this is how you deal with the parking and this is how you will, you know, get from where you've parked to where it is or, you know, mm-hmm. all of those sorts of things. We really break it down as, as much information as you can possibly give. Tell people who they'll be meeting and who's going to be there. If you can share attendee lists and things in advance so people have got an idea of, of who's going to be there. Having somebody on the door to meet people and introduce them to a few other people and, and kind of help you know smooth that transition into the event for them rather than them just feeling they've got to walk into a room of, of people they don't yeah, know yeah it's, it's really great you know just having someone who'll have a little chat with you for five minutes make you feel comfortable introduce you to a couple of people go oh hey have you met Liz Liz does this oh and by the way Liz also runs this amazing podcast and <laughs> you know give you a few things that you can then get mm-hmm. chatting about um, to them so you feel a bit more comfortable then that's really helpful name badges are such a simple thing to do but they're really really helpful um especially if you're someone like me who really struggles to remember names <laughs> and you know has a real kind of fear around that um the one thing i'll say with name badges is i've seen it i've gone to a lot of events where people just let people write their own name badge and then people write it in really tiny letters <laughs> yeah. 
yes. um, <laughs> stick it somewhere that you can't read or they give the printed ones that are in really small font and like if I've got to stare at someone's chest to, to figure out their name that's not making things easier <laughs> that's making it much more awkward so big fonts please big font <laughs> so you can see someone's name really clearly um you know things like that are really really great if you if you can try and sort of introduce a little bit of structure to the events that's really helpful I think my worst fear is a room where I've just got to just walk in and talk mm, to people with yeah, no yeah. kind of guidance or structure so if there's a kind of little way that you can introduce you know either a, a system that people have to talk to a certain number of people or a kind of icebreaker questions mm-hmm. for people to answer or you know structured little you know discussions around a table or something things like that help um you know people to kind of feel like it's easier for them to to join in and then um some events and I know it's it's that is kind of dependent on space and and what you've got available but a lot of events have started introducing quiet rooms or little kind of breakout areas that people can go and Mm -hmm. sit and just sort of you know decompress for a minute if they're feeling kind of overloaded um you know on a sensory level Mm -hmm. And that's really nice to have, just that little space where you can just go and breathe and reboot a little bit if you need to. Um, and kind of structuring in, if it's a longer event, structuring in breaks and, and space yeah. for people to see that. So things like that can be really, really helpful. And then just being really aware of the fact that some people can get, you know, this sort of sensory overload. So, mm-hmm. you know, trying to limit having loads of loud music or loads of bright lights or you know presentations with lots of kind of flashing lights and things going on just trying to keep you know pair all of that back a little bit so it's not kind of massively overwhelming for people and finally the last thing I would say is if you are having a presentation and you are kind of inviting speakers or things like that if if people can have something to take away that summarizes what the presentation was about or what went on that's also really useful because a lot of people myself included don't take information in orally very well I'm much better reading um you know looking at things written down but similarly a lot of people are really you know won't take it in if it's written down they like it orally so Mm -hmm. having a mix of different ways that people can absorb information is really useful yeah I think all of those things are relatively simple things to do and and while it makes the event inclusive it doesn't make it very different to what people are used to, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, it's not, people no, aren't going to think, oh my goodness, this is an event that's meant for neurodiverse people. I'm not, <laughs> you know, it works for everybody, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. And this is the thing with inclusive design of anything, you know, an event, an organisation, a meeting, anything, you know, inclusive approaches work for everybody. Mm. So actually, you know, simple things like if you think about the fact that, um, Uh, ramps up to buildings for wheelchair Mm. users are also really helpful for people pushing prams and things like that you know there are so many layers to any any kind of inclusive uh you know thing that you you build in to to anything that it's it just works really well for everybody and you know it's uh, and okay we talk about people who are neurodivergent who have that label but actually so 50% of people who are neurodivergent don't know that they're neurodivergent, <laughs> for one thing. Um, a lot of people like me, I mean, I didn't find out until I was in my late 30s that, that I was neurodivergent. So a lot of people are getting diagnosed later in life. Yes, yeah. And a lot of people just aren't getting diagnosed. You know, they're just getting missed altogether. Yeah. Um, but even the people who, who maybe don't fall into that category, which is a really difficult category, category to define, really, mm. But everybody's brains work differently. You know, mm. everybody has a different approach to how they absorb information, for example. Or, you know, you have things like whether someone's an extrovert or an introvert or, 
maybe a mix of the two and you know all of those sorts of different things that come into play so actually when you start to take into account different cognitive approaches you are yeah benefiting absolutely everybody yeah definitely well that's been a really fascinating conversation um thank you for being my guest this morning just finally allegra uh, if people want to find you find out more about you and watch this space what is the best place for them to contact you so you can visit our website which is watchthisspace.uk we also have a free tool and um, that's available at the moment for people to have a little bit of a look at how inclusive their organization is mm. currently which is watchthisspace.scoreapp s-c-o-r-e-a-p-p.com um, but you can also find that through our website watchthisspace.uk mm-hmm. if you go on there um, you can find me on LinkedIn I'm Allegra Chapman I don't think there are too many of us about <laughs> so I should be relatively easy to track down and also if you're looking for uh, Watch This Space on LinkedIn we are Watch this SP hyphen CE. So do come and join in. And you'll see if you go to our LinkedIn at the moment that we've recently launched a free membership community because um, anyone who's working on diversity and inclusion in their organisation or anyone who feels passionate about it, it can sometimes be a lonely space to be working mm. in and it can be hard work. So do check out our website or our LinkedIn to find out details of our membership community because then you can connect to a group of other professionals who are all on this journey and are all working on it and share learnings, share challenges, support one another and get resources and support from us as well. Lovely. Well, thank you very much for all the valuable information that you've shared this morning. Thanks so much, Liz. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.